Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many know what we're talking about today? This is the year of revival. We have identified that to revive means to bring back to life that which was dead. Or if there is inertia, inertia means the thing has become inactive, dead. It has become lifeless. There's no energy. There is no strength. Sometimes even individuals come to the place of inertia where they wish that death would just take over and it will be okay. But revival restores that which is or which has suffered inertia. It, it, it restores it by what is the word? We said it, let me, let me, I think it's still in my nose here. I don't want to misquote anything. It restores it by making it active and flourishing again. Hallelujah. Amen. So in case you have suffered inertia, you have become inactive, or you feel despondent, you feel discouraged. When I stood here, I could literally feel the weight on people's emotions. If you're a man of discernment and you go into the midst of people and you cannot tell the state of the heart and the mind and the emotions of the people, you may not likely minister to them. You'll be speaking over their heads. But that's not what ministry is about. We don't come here. I may have a message, but if I come here and that message is not relevant, God will not even give me the, the wisdom and the, the, the utterance even to communicate it. He will put something else in my mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. And I believe that by the time we are through with today's message, somebody will experience a revival. Amen. That which has suffered in Asia will become active and flourishing again. That which is dead or was dying will come back to life. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, having said that, it's important that you as an individual recognize the need for a revival. Amen. Because until you recognize that I need a change in this state of my life, until you recognize that this thing that is dead, this thing that is inactive, this thing that is not working, it must come back to life. It must work again. Nobody may help you. And you may wonder, why is it that nobody cares? It's not because nobody cares. Probably because you haven't come to that place of recognition yet. Every revival begins with a recognition. You can talk about a man like Gideon. Gideon was in the field of harvest and he had to hide because look, you harvest and then the enemies will come and take whatever you harvested. And whilst he was harvesting the letter to go and take care of himself and his family, he began to ponder. But why are things the way they are? Where are the miracles we heard about our fathers? We heard that God took them with a mighty hand through the wilderness to the promised land. Where are those things that we heard about? Whilst he was pondering over these things, an angel visited. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray that as you recognize your need for a revival, whichever area of your life, may God give you a visitation. Amen. May that visitation bring a revival. Thankfully, in the case of Gideon, when the angel visited, God happened to have chosen him to be the leader of a group of people that will spearhead the move of God again in their time. IPR as a ministry we have been mandated, in case you don't know, to spearhead another move of God in this end time. Amen. Listen, we are fed from revivals in time past. I said it some time ago, and I'm saying it again today. We are fed from revivals in time past. Just like sometimes you can put money in a bank account, and then as you withdraw and withdraw, you feed from that account, but you are not Let's say it's a current account, okay? It's not, an, it's not a savings account. So no interest is yield, yielded on that investment. Then you withdraw, you keep on withdrawing. Even the bank withdraw their own because it's a current account. 
a day will come you will hit red am i saying the truth yes where only the minimum account that will qualify you to maintain your bank account will remain in that bank account so for you to maintain business with that bank you need to go and top up you need to put money in again because you will be drawn all can i say this that prophetically not only IPR, but this generation, the 21st century generation, has been feeding from the revivals of yesteryear. And the revivals of yesteryear have sustained us until the close of 2018. So as far as 2019 onwards is concerned, there must be the need for some people to top up their account so that subsequent generations generations yet unborn will come and feed from our investment and the onus rests on you and me to stand in the gap and initiate stir and sustain that revival people of god will we do this yes lord you may look at yourself and say but who am i well god doesn't look at strength just like he told gideon he said go in this dynamite God doesn't look at strength. He doesn't look at qualification. He doesn't look at your know-how, those you are connected to, how powerful you are in society. He doesn't look at gender. He doesn't look at age. He doesn't look at anything. The only thing God looks for is an available heart. A heart that is ready. A heart that is pondering, wondering. Like Habakkuk. We have seen in Habakkuk chapter 3, for instance, okay, from verse 1, Habakkuk said, Oh Lord, I have heard thy speech and I was afraid. Do you know when Gideon also was visited by an angel, he was afraid. In those days, they were not children. They were servants. Their relationship with God was master and servant. That is why when Jesus came and called himself the son of God, it was the greatest offense. They took stones to stone him because you being a man, make yourself equal with God. For you to be a son of God means that you are equal with God. And they couldn't take it. So they took stones. Then he asked them, but has it not been written in the Psalms that I have said ye are gods and all of you are children of the most high? And if he calls them the children to whom the word was sent, then why are you coming to stone me? He asked them. Hallelujah. Amen. So the relationship with God and the Israelites in those days was master and servant. Thankfully, we have a better relationship. It is Father and His children. Amen. John exclaimed in First John chapter three and said, "Behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us, has bestowed on us." The King James says so that we should be called the children of God, the sons of God. We, we, as yourself, me, me, pa, mm -hmm. to be a child of God, mm -hmm. I can't even imagine it. But that's who we are hallelujah amen we didn't qualify but he qualified us through his finished work what a marvelous god amen. hallelujah amen so habakkuk in habakkuk 3 said oh lord i have heard thy speech and was afraid then he said oh lord revive thy works or revive thy work in the midst in the middle of the years the years have gone and and, and come this is 19 years after the after the I mean after after what you call it after I mean in this 21st century let me put it that way 19 years in this 21st century that is 2100 years my daughter once asked me why do you say 2100 years why don't you say 2100 well I wanted to get a figure if you count 100 100 21 times 2,100 years after Jesus had come and gone, 19 years in the 21st century, there is a need for a revival. And this revival, prophetically, is not going to end like previous revival. In other words, the generations that will come will not only feed from this revival and it will end somewhere for another revival. Those generations that will feed from our revival are going to be so strong and powerful that they will turn the revival into a revolution. Amen. And a revolution is a forceful turnaround from how things have been to how things ought to be. Amen. I believe if we are sincere and we are faithful 
and we are persistent and consistent this revival by 2020 in the year of the great awakening there will be a revolution amen i, I strongly believe amen all we need to do is being diligent at it consistent at it putting in prayer investment prayer investment if the clouds be full of rain they empty themselves back to the earth don't mind whether you are seeing results or not you just keep on putting in the investment one of these days god who is faithful i'm telling you will tell you that yeah just like he did in the days of cornelius he sent an angel that your prayer and your arms giving have become a memorial before me god will send a visitation Amen. and that is what will spell out a revival not only in your life but i believe in this nation and in the nations of the world somebody say amen amen so we are talking about all oh lord revive us again but i've given a, a sub theme i call it recognizing our need for revival amen turn with me to psalm 85 psalm 85 was written by the sons of korah the sons of korah let me read the first six verses Look at the psalm of the psalms of Korah. He said, Lord, you have been favorable to your land. Now, they start recounting what God has done before and that was why they saw the need for a revival. You see it. Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. Here, he was referring to when Israel was taken into captivity in Babylon and God brought back their captivity. Do you know what it means to be led captive by a man like Nebuchadnezzar and to spend like 70 years in Babylon? It didn't look like there was going to be a restoration. In fact, the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. The temple was destroyed. Their silver and gold were taken away and even the sons, the sons of the, the king those of the of the lineage of the kingship were taken captive and made eunuchs like like daniel like shadrach meshach and abednego of course there were eunuchs over there and they brought them to babylon to just come and serve so it didn't look like there was hope for israel in babylon but this these sons of korah are recounting what god had done before he said you have brought back the captivity of jacob you have forgiven the iniquity of your people oh how often we forget that god has forgiven our iniquity some one some is some 103 verse 20 or some 130 verse 3 can you confirm he said either lord you lord should mark iniquity which one is, is someone is 130 let me just confirm it. Psalm 130 verse 3. He said, if you, Lord, should mark iniquities, oh, Lord, who could stand? Ay, 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 ay. But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Listen, the reason why we must fear God is that he is a God of forgiveness. Don't take his forgiveness for granted. When God forgives you, fear him. Because this God should have punished us, but he forgives so you don't take his forgiveness for granted and here the sons of Korah are recounting in Psalm chapter 85 verse 2 he says you have forgiven the iniquity of your people and their iniquity was as serious as our iniquity it was called idolatry idolatry is not only when you erect something and you bow and worship they were doing that but anything that takes the place of God in your heart becomes an idol in our time in our generation many things have become our idols even the gadgets we use have become our idols hallelujah amen all right the next line of verse 2 says you have covered all their sin can you see something here under the old covenant sin could not be removed it could only be covered and even that one it was once i mean after one year there was rehearsal of sins but in Christ which is a better covenant he didn't only cover our sins he actually removed it of course a remission of sins the washing away of sins so that when God looks at you he's looking at a new creature independent of the old you therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature 
So when you go to God and say that, God, forgive me, 35 years ago, I committed murder. Because I don't even know what you're talking about. That 35 years ago, that old person is dead and gone. This is a new man. A brand new man. That's our God. Hallelujah. Amen. Then in verse 3, he says, You have taken away all your wrath. Yami a dangerous. Bible says our God is a consuming fire. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. But he, in their case, the sons of Korah recount that he took away all his wrath. Then he said, you have turned from the fierceness of your anger. May God never be angry with us. Amen. Bible says, if is it a man who is often reproved he who is often reproved, let me put it in the King James way. He who is often reproved and hardens his heart shall one day suddenly be destroyed without remedy. It's a dangerous statement, isn't it? Amen. When God knocks at your door, stop this thing. Be careful. Don't do this thing. Watch out. Watch and pray. And he keeps on cautioning. Bible says that. His mercies are new every morning. It is of the lost mercies that we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. So if you keep on enjoying his compassion, his forgiveness, and you take it for granted, one day it's a sudden destruction. And when that happens, the Bible says it is without remedy. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe I'm talking to myself. You're talking to me. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Verse 4, it says, Restore us. Now the man, having recounted, or the sons of Korah, having recounted all these things, now begin to say that, Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. Then he, they ask a very, it looks like a rhetorical question. It looks like they were questioning God. But this question actually it's a revelation of their need, their recognition of the need for a revival. He says, will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? In other words, this thing must end somewhere. It started from somewhere, and it must end somewhere. Then the verse says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Oh, what a question. Will you not revive us again? This is recognition of these sons of Korah for a revival. In other words, they had gotten to a place of inertia. Nothing was working. The miracles they had heard about, nothing was happening again. The mighty God they knew was not showing himself strong again. And they were like, come on. Then what's the difference between us and the heathen, the unbelievers, the outcasts? The Gentiles. In those days, if you were an Israelite, you were that powerful because God related with only the Israelites. He didn't know any other nation. Because the whole world in the days of Abraham was filled with idolatry. And God hates idolatry. Anything that competes with God, the Bible says he is a jealous God. In one of the scriptures in Exodus, the Bible says his name is jealous. Not that he's only a jealous God, his name is actually jealous. So anything that competes with God, he can't stand it. Behold, Israel, the Lord your God is one God. So you don't add another God. God hates it. So once there's a competition, he will just disown you like that. And the whole world, look, rebellion upon rebellion, even after the days of a man like Noah, and God has saved Noah and his sons. Another generation came up and they were all filled with idolatry again. God was like, Bible says God repented. The word repented means he regretted for creating humankind. Mm. Like, what kind of human beings are these? That is the power of rebellion. The nature of sin is so rebellious that you have no idea. Bible says the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The nature of sin can make man so wicked you have no idea and what we see in this world and we call wickedness is nothing in fact in bible days it happened i believe it's on it was in the days of samaria or so it's going to happen again where people will give birth 
and will be like, there's no food. Why don't you bring your child and then let's cook this child and eat and be, you know, and satisfied. It's going to happen again. In the great tribulation, it will happen again. Anything that will happen has happened before. But the great tribulation, the Bible says that there has not been its kind before and never will be. That's the heart of man. Amen. When Christ is not in the center of issues, anything, any evil can happen. Hallelujah. Amen. This world is full of dick. I mean, wickedness and darkness, if not for the church, we are the restraining force that is restraining evil from taking over the world. You have no idea. I said, we, the church, as, as, what is the word I can use to, as unrecognizable as we may look. It's like, who are these people? But we carry something. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the reason why when God looks at the earth, if he wants to punish the whole world, he realizes that he has a remnant, then he spares mankind. And he is waiting that you and I will carry the message and reach out to everyone who should not perish. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you, God is merciful. God is kind. Amen. But a day will come when the cup is full. I can... I can hear something in the spirit. When the cup is full, it is full. And in 2019, prophetically, iniquity of men is going to be full. Especially iniquity of men of the pulpit. Mm. Did you hear what I said? Yes, Lord. Especially iniquity of men of the pulpit. I'm putting myself also in the same shoes. It's going to be full. Such that the wrath of God will distinguish between those who are using the pulpit to pull people from their pits and those who are using the pulpit to push people down the pit. Jesus. Because the pulpit is to pull from the pit. But in a disguise, many have also mounted the pulpit, but they are pushing people down the pit of hell. And they have made people slaves of iniquity. And yet, the world doesn't know. But this year, 2019, there will be a distinction. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why we need to spare one another on. Encourage one another. The Bible says, exalting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. We should do that. When you see a brother is going down, help him up. Hallelujah. When you see a brother is discouraged, encourage him or her. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you? Do you know people of God, there is something about when God turns around your captivity, it brings joy. Is that right? When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, the psalmist says, Who will I them that dream? Then was her mouth filled with laughter and her tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. And he's going to do it again. Amen. Now, just like the sons of Korah identified, recognized the need for a revival, I believe that we as a church, this generation, we can also recognize based on the scriptures I've just read we can recognize the need for a specific revival and so today I'm talking about a specific revival we're going to cry unto God for hallelujah Amen. are you there? yes Lord and that specific revival is, is founded upon the last statement he says will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you turn with me to John chapter 16 let me show you how we can also recognize our need for revival. John 16. This was when Jesus was about to leave the earth. This was when he started talking about his church and the reason why he needed to go so that the comforter would come and all that, that, that. But then in verse 23 of John 16, he made a very profound statement. 
Okay, let me take it from verse 22 so that you can get a full picture. Therefore, you now have sorrow. But I will see you again. You see, he was going to leave them. And they had sorrow. He said, but, he said, therefore, you now have sorrow. But I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice. And your joy no one will take from you. So, the question is, are we going to wait till Jesus comes back to the earth before we rejoice? No. I'll show you what he left with us. Which we would need to recognize and ask for his revival. Can I say that again? As I'm going to show you from verse 23, what Jesus Christ left with us. In his absence, he left us something. Which we as a church must recognize and then see the need that this that Jesus has left for us, it must be revived. It must prove its worth in our lives again. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 23. Then he said, and in that day, which day was Jesus referring to? Can I ask? The day of the church. The day of the called out ones. Church is the Greek word that means to be called out. And in that day, that church was commissioned on the day of Pentecost. And then the Gentiles were added when Peter and his friends visited the household of Cornelius. And ever since the church is being built by Jesus himself, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You have no idea what the church has gone through and it has survived everything. People who have been burned to ashes, who have been pierced with sword, people who have been given over to lions to be eaten. The Bible was taken away from society. Everything has happened, but the church has survived. We who are in this end time must recognize the need for a revival. There is something we have that we can we can ask for is revival. And when it happens, anything is possible. Hallelujah. Amen. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. This is one teaching on prayer that people of God must identify. You know sometimes people pray and say that Lord Jesus I ask you no. He says and in that day you will ask me nothing. nothing. Our prayer is not to Jesus. He says when you pray say what? Our Father. So you can personalize and say my Father who art in heaven. You ask the Father in the name of Jesus. He said, in that day, in the day of the church, we ask the Father. That is why I say that under the old covenant, they dealt with God as what? Master and servant. But there is something we have not taken recognition of. In 2020, the generation we live in will be awoken to the fatherhood of God. Father means source. When we recognize that God is our source, we will not depend on the economy of the nation before we can build. Did anybody hear what I said? Yes, Lord. <clears throat> When we recognize that God is our source, we will not say that, oh, please, no, you just know that God is your source. He will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. And in 2020, as we cry for revival, by 2020, there will be a great awakening. We will be awakened to the fatherhood of God. We will, the church will all of a sudden recognize that I have a father. He will never ever fail me. I have a father. He will never ever fail me. Jesus is my father. He will never ever fail me. Rock of ages. Never ever I have a father. He will never ever fail me. He will never that God is your father it's a wonderful relationship I tell you sometimes Satan can bring guilt I was talking to a niece of mine some few days ago and she was crying crying and I said what is it she said that I said this and this about so and so and I'm somebody who doesn't I mean, who don't want 
trouble with anybody. So the way I'm feeling, I know I said the wrong thing. Though I have asked for heaven forgiveness, but I'm still feeling guilty. Then I say, you know what? That guilt you are feeling, then doesn't come from God. Because when you ask God for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive you all your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God convicts. Satan brings condemnation. There's a difference. Condemnation brings guilt. Even after you have asked for forgiveness, Satan will still say, do you remember you did this? And then you carry the guilt. But when you recognize that God is your father, you can tell the difference that this thing is not conviction because conviction leads to repentance and it's over. So when Satan brings his guilt and condemnation, some of us who recognize the fatherhood of God can look at Satan eyeball to us and say, Satan, it's between me and my father. What is your business? Get out of my sight! Amen. It's not about you. It's about me and my father. I did it. And so what? Get out. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help in time of need even when you have messed up don't run from him just go to him say father i did it i know i can't hide from you i did it i have messed up even before i did it you knew my thoughts and you i would say he understands our thoughts are far off so what are you going to hide from god so why don't you run back to him and say father i mess up so that satan will stay at bay because if he gives Satan advantage i'm telling you he will knock at your Mm? Do you remember? Do you rem and so what? Satan, get out of my sight. It's not about you, Satan. It's about me and my father. 2020, we will recognize that God is our father. We will be awoken to the fatherhood of God. I'm telling you. And we will use that relationship to do exploits. Everywhere we go, we say, Father. When we say, Father, we before realize, look, there will be rain of glorious things. I'm telling you, the days of manna will happen before jesus comes Amen. you will see miraculous visitations of things things will be supplied supernaturally Amen. you will you will see it amen if in the days of jesus he could ask peter to go catch fish mm. and that you can find gold in his mouth yes, it will happen again amen. i said to happen again amen hallelujah amen so in that day verse 23 of john 16 and in that day you will ask me nothing he said most assuredly i said to you whatever you ask the father in my name he will give you please can we can we qualify what what quantifies whatever i thought whatever means whatever so long as it does not contradict the will of God because first John 5 14 and 15 says and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will so that whatever must not contradict the will of God but so long as it's within the boundaries of the will of God whatever means whatever and Jesus is telling us that and in that day look at the days of Jesus the days of his power the day of the church he says and in that day you will ask me nothing most assuredly I say to you whatever oh father bring us to the place where we can ask Jesus. whatever whatever you ask the father in my name he will give you look at verse 24 until now the King James says he that too until now you have asked me no. you have asked nothing in my name I like that until now you know this was a new let's call it practice let's call it a revelation let's call it a doctrine yeah it's a new doctrine he was introducing until he left them they asked things from him directly master don't you care that we perish? They were on the sea. And there was a great storm. The man was asleep on a pillow. Oh, how comfortable it is when you can sleep even in the midst of storms. Our Jesus taught us. Learn to sleep even in the midst of storms. That storm will not kill you. So long as the Holy Ghost has taken its proper place, the storm that was meant to drown you, you will find yourself floating on top of the storms. Hallelujah. That was Jesus. He was sleeping on the pillow in the, you know, the lower deck. I like that. Of the of the boats of the ship and the man was comfortable and the storm was raging and the storm was ravageous it was terrible and it was like 
Where is this man? Where is this man? They all went look for him. Say, Master, Master, I'm sure Peter was a leader. You know, Peter, forgive me, oh, if he's in heaven and he heard my name. <laughs> he said, Master, Master, don't you care that we perish? When Jesus stood, the Bible says, he looked at them and said, where is your faith? Then he looked at the storm and said, peace. Be still. Hallelujah. I speak peace Amen. to any stormy situation. Amen. I speak peace Amen. to any turbulent situation. Amen. I speak peace Amen. to any storm you may be going through. Peace. Amen. Be still. Jesus. And there was a calmness. And the Good Bible God. said they wondered what manner of manner, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the storms obey him. Jesus. These are the days of revival. Mm. It will happen again. Amen. Storms will obey you. Amen. The sun will obey you. Amen. Like in the days of Joshua. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It will happen. Jesus. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Mm. Then he said, ask. Oh, I like it. And you will receive that your joy may be full. Just like the psalmist asks in Psalm 80. Five verse says that will you not revive us again so that we will rejoice again ask that you may receive that your joy may be full listen this is what Jesus Christ gave as a legacy not for the whole world but for the church he gave us his name he's gone the Greek word translated in the name actually means in the character the Greek word it means in the what? Character, character of Jesus in the character in other words you are not going to the father based on your righteousness you are going to the father because the Bible says concerning him in the Psalms and it was quoted in the Hebrews that thou has loved righteousness and hated iniquity therefore the Lord even thy God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above thy fellows that's Jesus hmm. God has given him a character that is so pure and so holy that when you come in the character of Jesus, God says this one, I can't, I can't, I can't turn my back. There was a time when John was baptizing in water. The Bible says that there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. On the Mount of Transfiguration, there was another voice. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. In other words, this one, okay, anybody can talk. And God may turn his deaf ears. But when you come in the character of this man, I'll hear. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you that sickness will hear the name of Jesus. That poverty will hear the name of Jesus. That demon will hear the name of Jesus. That trouble will hear the name of Jesus. When you use the name, we're going to use the name of Jesus like never before. Jesus. There's going to be a revival yes, of the Lord. use of the name. Amen. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 9 to 11, it says, Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him mm. and given him the name that is above oh, every name, name, that at the mention of the name Jesus, mm. every knee should bow, whether in heaven mm. or in the earth mm. or under the earth, Amen. and that every tongue should confess Jesus. that Jesus Christ Amen. is Lord. To the glory of God the Hallelujah. Father. I like that. Amen. When God answers our prayer in the name of Jesus, the Father is glorified. Amen. That is why we don't ask Jesus, we ask the Father in the name of Jesus, Amen. in the character of Jesus. Amen. Hey, Karabashata, this is the end time. The name of Jesus Amen. is going to do exploits one more time. Jesus. There is going to be a revival. Yes, Lord. We will recognize that hey, I've got something. You may not have money, but you got a name. Jesus. In the account of that name, God has vested everything in that name. Amen. It's like a blank check. Jesus. I said, it's like what? Blank check. blank check. So you go to the bank and say that this is the check of the owner of the whole universe. I put in whatever I look for, mm. and it is released for you. Amen. Someone say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I command you, storm. Command Peace, you storm. Be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Oh my God. Amen. When he was around, he did it by himself. But after he's gone, we do it in the name, in the character of Jesus. Amen. I discovered, therefore, that God doesn't anoint charisma. Or he doesn't anoint personality. He anoints character. He puts his anointing 
on our character. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Maybe one, one day we'll teach on that. He puts his anointing on our character. So even if you are gifted and you have no character, one day the anointing will win. Mm. You will lose the anointing. He puts anointing on character. Not on the gift. The gift is only enhanced by the name that we use that name that functions in conjunction with our character. The anointing is on our character. So God knows those who are anointed and he knows those who are not. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you Lord. That's another subject for another day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope you know Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday today so this Jesus Christ that was powerful yesterday he is so powerful today amen who must recognize the need for a revival yes, that the yes. exploits look can you imagine sometimes when I read some things in the Bible I get amazed one of the things that amazes me is in the days of Jesus when he was around and it must still happen in his name because the person did it and everything he did is vested in his name so we who use his name must have the same results as though he were around one of the things I like about Jesus there was a funeral procession and then the, old, the widow widow means she had lost her husband and her only son was also dead oh how sad that could be when you're a widow and your only son is also dead at least your son should have lived to bury you and now you are burying your son. I prophesy you will not bury any child of yours. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will not. Jesus. Ah, they were on the funeral procession. And I can imagine the hypocritical mourners also in, in the company of that procession. Those who were mourning in sincerity and those who were like, eh, you are the only person who thought that you had, you had a son. Mm. And the Bible says, when Jesus looked at them, he had compassion Amen. on the woman. Mm. Do you know what spells out the flow of the power of God in the name of Jesus? It is called compassion. Anytime Jesus showed compassion, there was a release of the power. Amen. If we're going to use his name, we must learn to walk in compassion. Amen. Not to prove a point with the name. I want to show you that in the name of Jesus, it won't work. It goes with he had compassion on the woman and the Bible says he touched the coffin. This was not a closed coffin like we have in our days. The Bible calls it, the king just said B-I-E-R. How would you pronounce that? Bia or Bia. I don't know. Let's look for the pronunciation. But it is spelled B-I-E-R. And then the Bible says Jesus touched that wooden structure and the boy was still lying on it. He said, son, I said to you, arise. And the boy that was dead came back to life. Amen. In our day, in our time, there's going to be a revival Amen. where the dead shall be raised back to life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not happening. Amen. Mark it anywhere. Amen. Before he comes. Because he is the same yesterday, yesterday today, and forever. forever. Another thing I like about him was he Jesus? Can you imagine? Anytime he went on a crusade ground, anytime people came to him, Bible says the maimed. I take note of that word. Do you know maimed? Like you go to places where there was war and people's hands were chopped off and their legs were chopped off or leprosy chopped off their fingers. The maimed. They didn't have some body parts, but the maimed were made whole. They developed new body parts. Jeez. What are you talking about? Amen. I say in the days of in the days of this revival, Amen. the maimed shall be made whole. Amen. New body parts will grow again. Amen. I said new body parts will grow again. Amen. Because there's a, there's a store in heaven called the spare parts of heaven. Amen. Yeah, God can give new body parts. If he did it in time past, he would do it again. Amen. God would do it again. There's a Amen. song like that. He would do it again. Amen. He would do it again. Amen. But we must recognize the need for a revival. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I give you another picture? Yes, Lord. When we read the story of Jesus making clay, okay, with his saliva and then smearing it 
on the eye of a blind man and then his eyes were restored I know that is a miracle but I want you to take your time and check the Greek impression of that scripture you will discover that it was not just a healing miracle actually it was a creative miracle what do I mean this child was born without eyeballs there were no eyeballs so the creator Jesus Christ mixed his saliva oh in our day we would have said that look at this prophet he's not putting his saliva in sand what are you doing this generation we say everything may God forgive us amen hallelujah amen he mixed saliva with sand and made a ball and put the ball into the hole where there was no eyeball and the clay mixed with saliva turned into an eye. Hey, this must be serious. Amen. This is a miracle. Amen. This is this is a creative miracle. Amen. It did not happen because he was God. That same power is vested in his name. Amen. So when we use his name, indeed, I'm telling you will have the same results. Amen. I can see a day of revival when creative miracles will be happening in our time. New body parts. Maybe you need to go through some major operation where they have to give you a new liver. Before you go, they say, ah, how did you get this liver of a 13-year-old Amen. Liver will yes, be transplanted. Lord. Yes, Lord. A new liver from heaven. Amen. New legs. Amen. New eyes. Amen. Even those who have lost their teeth, they will grow teeth again. Yes, Lord. You don't know what I'm talking about. Amen. I say you grow our teeth again. Amen. Maybe you are thinking of going to Germany so they can get some gold and put it. It's going to be costly, but God will give you new teeth. Amen. I'm prophesying to somebody. Amen. These are the days of His power. Amen. And it shall happen again. Amen. Can you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. The Bible says, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick." Many of us are here. We have hope of one thing or the other. And this is 19 years into this century. Some of us have been believing God for a certain miracle for, for the past 19 years. And you may be complaining saying that ever since we came into this century. I don't know what I have seen and I can testify of as a miracle. I want to tell you like Habakkuk did. Oh Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. The years have come and they are gone. And in the midst of the years, we can ask him for a revival. We are telling him, do it again, Lord. Amen. What we heard about you, what we've read about you, what we've seen about you, do it again in my life. And the access key is the name. Oh my God. I said, in this end time, we will use his name like never before. Amen. When you're going to sleep, say, in the name of Jesus, I sleep. No more witchcraft activity. Amen. And that's all. You sleep sleep in the name of Jesus I bless this food if there is poison you will drink it and don't wonder ah, but we thought that we poisoned this food how, did, how come you didn't die because you nullify the poison in the name of Jesus Amen. he says when you drink any deadly thing it shall not harm you he said in my name you shall cast out devils Amen. you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover Jesus. you will drink poison and it shall not harm you yes, you will take up serpents and they will not destroy yes, you they will not bite hallelujah amen i don't know how hungry you are but i am mm. i'm hungry for a revival yes, 19 Lord. years down this century i have seen some revivals before i remember in the days of secondary school there was a revival this was early 90s in fact 1991 specifically into 92 and then 93 and then 94 do you know the revival the revival was so strong such that they had to close down church because these are you have not gone to any seminary you have not you don't have any education in terms of preaching so who are you to say you are preaching so therefore the basis for closing down church was that we are students we are not we are not preachers so they closed down church and everybody was forced to go into a particular you know church house are you hear what i'm saying yes because that is the church house representing 
the school but the reason why they did that was that the house where we used to have our church we used to call the protestant church the protestant church was just some five meters to the house where these you know priests lived they called the novitiate and whenever they are passing from chapel through our church house to the novitiate they can see overflow this is a boys school and every hall the whole hall is filled and there's overflow people are sitting outside and they are crying in repentance i'm telling you you see people who used to be weed smokers who used to be homosexuals who used to live the life of masturbation crying in repentance and it was it was a sight to behold that wow it's not like it's not like this this is not fake you can see people are crying they want god they have seen god and they yearn for god and these priests could not understand what was going on why is it that our church house is empty because you go to the church house there's a big chapel it was empty but you come there's an overflow of protestant church you know goers and said that they have to squeeze their way through crowd before they can go to their novitiate so the law was passed and that was the law that changed protestantism from you know a particular denomination till today i don't know whether they've restored it back to the secondary schools but that was the law in the early 90s they stopped all protestantism everybody go to if you say you are coming to this church and this school this is the church going there i saw that revival I saw, and glory be to God, some of the people who were excommunicated, I mean, they were, they were cast out from the church as well as midday students. But they are doing well in ministry. Somewhere in the UK, there's a gentleman in the UK, a very powerful church, Carries Church, you can Google it. David Entry. Oh my God. When he got converted, that was what collapsed the whole of that church because he was a chief mass servant. So once he got converted, there was no more church. Everybody now came to Protestant church. And it was a horror. So they debodinized him. He had to write his O level from outside of campus. Come to school. But today, go to UK and see a revival. Hallelujah. If there's any thriving Ghanaian denomination in the United Kingdom, I can see Caris Church doing that work. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad that the fire of revival has not been quenched. And I can see that that same thing that God began in the 1990s. After 19 years in this century, I can see God do it again. Amen. Those who have been crying and said that, oh, but look at empty chairs. Stop crying and cry. Sometimes I look at people and I'm like, you don't know what God wants to do. A day will come. People, will, I can see three people. As I'm talking to you, I can see three people struggling for the same chair. Amen. So, it's my chair. It's my chair. Amen. It's my chair. Jesus. Don't cry for people to come and occupy the church. Cry for a revival. When there's a revival, they will run. Amen. And come to church. Jesus. As a Protestant church, we we could fill the house with the overflow. Amen. And these are boys crying in repentance. I remember there was a day. There was this day, same David and another brother. They were genius, actually. They were not even my mates. They were genius. But they had the fire of revival. And they were singing a song. The light of the world is Jesus. The light of the world is Jesus. He's calling everyone to come and see. And as they were singing, something enveloped the whole house. And everybody burst into cry. We were crying in repentance. Amen. Revival begins with repentance. Amen. You could see that this was a wind of revival. And it's going to happen again. Amen. Beginning from the year 2019, Amen. I see repentance coming back to the church. Amen. I see repentance coming Amen. back to the church. Jeez. We will not sin and be so comfortable. Yes, Lord. We'll repent. Amen. We'll cry and say, God, no, 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 no. As for this one, it's enough, it's enough. Amen. I, I, this sin has been ruling me. Meanwhile, Romans says, verse, is it verse 14, says that sin shall not have dominion over you. So I come, I'm, I'm under the dominion of sin. Enough is enough. Amen. There's going to be a revival. We will put sin where it belongs. Amen. We will walk in holiness. Amen. We will walk in righteousness. Amen. We will walk in purity. Amen. 
will fear God. The fear of God will come upon us. Amen. Let me tell you something. In those days of revival, the fear was so much. I would get up in the morning. Those days, the house was cold. So you don't bath. You get up in the morning, wash your face, comb your hair, and I'll go and stand at the assembly and I'll start preaching. I had only one message. I said, the judgment is coming. And unfortunately, there is a leakage of that examination. The leakage of the, the, the examination question is that, what did you do with Jesus when you were on earth? I'll preach this message until one day our headmaster just met me on the way and he asked me a question and it was a tough question. Eh? Are you a Catholic? I said, no, sir. What? Creepy? Sir. Amen. I'm not condemning any denomination. I'm just telling you that even, thank God, in the same denomination, there's a revival. Hallelujah. Amen. Because we have all discovered that if we don't cry for revival, many will perish. Listen, you have no idea every day how many souls that God will heal. You have no idea. I wish God would open our ears because hell is a living being lying on his back in the belly of the earth and hell makes sounds whenever somebody's entering hell there's a sound you hear mm. that means hell has opened his mouth according to scripture the Bible says hell has opened his mouth and hell is never filled the more people fill up the more hell enlarges itself there, there are six things year seven in the book of Proverbs that cannot be satisfied one of them is hell Hell never gets satisfied. The more people feel hell, the more it expands. That means a soul has entered. A soul has entered. Meanwhile, these souls were never created to go to hell. Please, what are you talking about? Do you know what it means for Jesus to take our place and die our death and, and go to hell in our name? Jesus went to hell in my name. Please, that's enough. I don't need to go to hell because somebody already paid a price. I pray that our recognition for the need or of the need for a revival will come with the awareness of our eternal placement that nobody should go to hell. Even your worst enemy, mommy, should not go to hell. If you saw hell and how people are languishing in hell, even for a second, you would discover that not even your worst enemy should go there. It's too much. It's too much. Are we going to cry for a revival? Yes. Oh Lord, Lord revive us again. again. Love for one another. Care for one another. Jesus. Nobody needs to come and tell that he doesn't have food before you know he doesn't have food. You just can descend. Like I told you, when I stood here, I could, I could, I could literally feel the weight of people's souls. And I'm like, wow. Is this in love? We are not walking in love enough. May God forgive us. Hallelujah. Amen. Please, will you pray? Yes. I've Lord. shared with you my passion for 2019 mm. because I know that what God said is true that revival must be initiated Amen. by people. Amen. The people must be hungry enough to say that what we saw in the years past, do it again and even in a better way because the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. Those times they used to call us, you know, you are as poor as the church mouse. No, we are no longer poor. And there's no mouse in church. Have you ever seen any mouse in church? No. There's no mouse. So we are not poor. So they can't call us, you are as poor as a church mouse again. And they used to call us mushroom churches. Did you see any mushroom church around? No. Wait until you see Revival Cathedral. Because it shall happen. Amen. It is a house that people will travel from Ukraine, from Afghanistan, from Saudi Arabia, from anywhere in the world just to come and take and partake of the fire of revival. Amen. You know, I said something, we didn't see it literally, but the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Don't worry, I will do it when you're not even expecting it last year or so I used to say from 2017 I used to say that in 2018 you will literally see fire on the roof God was waiting for the season of revival and we've entered there 
we've entered revival. I used to say it, you never saw it, but it will happen. You will hear boom, 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 boom. What is it? Fire service is coming here. What is it? People have reported that there's fire burning. Then they came, where is the fire? So, but there's no fire here. They'll come and say the room is chilling, but ah, there's no smoke there. But it's, they said there's fire on the roof. Not knowing it was a fire of revival. I said a fire of revival. Amen. We're burned on our rooftop. Thank this house. Jesus. This house. Yes, Lord. Let me tell you something. This house. You have no idea. Some of the reasons why we are going through some battles is because we have killed some demons that hitherto reigned and ruled the whole of this community. You have no idea. Amen. Our presence here, we are a principality. Amen. Principality means that in charge, first and foremost, in charge. God has established us here as a principality. So, as far as this house is concerned, we have we have changed the flight zone of some witches and wizards. They used to fly across to meet in a certain place. Ever since we came here, we have diverted their course. So they said, These people will cause them trouble. You have no idea. Some of the battles, I look at it, I'm like, This one, I won't say to anybody, but I know that they will come. People understand that this is real war. We are not dealing with flesh and blood. We are dealing with principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, Amen. spiritual wickedness in high places. But for the existence of this ministry, for all these months here, you have no idea how Satan would have ruled in this community. A light has come. So yes. darkness checked out. And they reported us. Did you hear what I said? Those who were checked out were report. I mean, they reported us to certain quarters that look, some people have caused us to vacate our flight zone. This is our chart. And they have diverted our course. Let's cause this, that, that. But glory be to God. Paul said, Paul said, none of these things move me. Amen. My eyes are faced, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set at the right hand of the Father. Amen. Oh, one of these days, he's coming. Ay, 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 please begin to pray. 